Nine o'clock, thanks for joining us. Little Felski moment. Thinking of you. Still thinking of you, Mark. Turn the mic on before talking. Uh, Jim and the Buckeye Boy today, the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Here in the Valley, 1011 FM, 1340 AM along Highway 5102.1. 1. Online all the time. Get the mobile app at our website, theteam1340.com. You can also uh, get your picks in for Pile Pigskin Pick'em, powered by Kistner Motors, where you can win weekly prizes, but also uh, one of two $500 gift cards from Flanagan Sports in the Valley Plaza and that big green egg grill and smoker from Fruita Co-op Country. All the details must be 21 or older, by the way, at theteam1340.com. So the good, the bad, the ugly. Good Deion Sanders coming to Colorado. We'll get into that in just a moment. And Deion Sanders telling CU Buffs football team that he's bringing his own luggage and that they better hit the portal. You mentioned that last hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I think we might have that here, possibly. Let's see if we can make make it happen here. It's not the sound that I got, but it's it was a meeting with the team. Yeah, so this is when he actually is... Oh, maybe I'm not going to be able to make nope. that happen. Never mind. But he, he says it's, it ain't going to be no more of a mess that these wonderful fans, the student body, and some of your parents have put up with for probably two decades. I'm coming, and when I get here, it's going to be changed. So you you want, so I want you all to get ready. Go ahead and jump in that transfer portal and do whatever you're going to do. Because the more of you that jump in that jump in, the more room you make. You know, many people took it as Sanders telling his new players he doesn't want them. What the Hall of Famer meant is anyone does not want to buy in. Mm-hmm. You need to go. And he'll replace him with somebody that wants to play for the University of Colorado. I don't have a problem with that. How does anybody have a problem with that? If you don't want to be here, if you if you have doubts about being here, if you don't think his coaching style is going to fit you, or you think that he's going to look at the guys that he's coached at Jackson State and favor them over you, which he probably will because they've won for him. Yeah, because they've been they recruited him. Or he, he recruited them, sorry. But and he's not recruited any of you. But I get the feeling that Deion Sanders is the kind of guy that if you show you can play... Players will play. You're going to play. And he doesn't care that you're, you're you're part of the Buffs program previously who recruited you at Colorado, mm-hmm. Mel Tucker, Carl Durrell, whoever. If you can play, he has a place for you. Right. And But if you don't think that you are going to, to like being there... Right. Then, then, then you're free to leave. Shadur Sanders, Shiloh Sanders, Travis Hunter, they're better than what the Buffs have at those possessions positions right now. Absolutely, so those guys probably should enter the portal. And McCown did mm-hmm. mention that Chase Penry has done that as well. And here's a little more sound from yesterday. Here's Coach Prime on what he'll bring out of his players. We're going out work them. We're going to out-recruit them. We're going to out-scout them. We're going to out-develop. We're going to get our education. We're going to graduate these young men. These young men are going to be on campus respectful and considerate and kind, opening doors for you and making sure everything is copacetic. And they're going to say, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, or they're going to have to deal with me. 
That's just the way I father. That's the way I parent. That's the way I coach. I'm old school. I, I, sometimes I may look like an old fool, but I'm just old school. And that's something that's been brought up because there's this this vibe of you know that the Deion Sanders because of you know Coach Prime and and mm-hmm. just the, the the flamboyant nature. Coach the, Prime, the, prime time, taking a yeah, helicopter. To yeah, the baseball the, the, game. that there's that there's this sense about him that old school football you know fans are are not going to like his style but that's actually quite contrary to what what the reality is where he is actually more of an old school kind of football coach where he expects a, he expects a level of accountability he expects his players to behave on and off the field he expects his guys to be ready to do their homework in the classroom and when they're when they're getting ready to play a football game. Right. That there is a very much a old school from articles articles I read about him where he's tapped into a lot of guys in the past that have been NFL head coaches, has learned a lot from those from those individuals, and that, that is part of of who he is. I just feel like he's gonna have a professional aspect to it, right? Like, there's going to be a lot of individual accountability on the players. Like, I'm giving you all these tools to, you know, your NIL, whether it's that or, you know, to ex- to expand your brand, get yourself ready for the NFL, to, you know, give you a scholarship to a Power 5 college, a college with a great academic reputation. I'm giving you all of these tools, and if you don't make something of it, that's on you, that's not on me. And people, there's some people that just don't like that, right? Like, if their kid fails, it has nothing to do with the kid. It's everybody else failed the kid. And there's that's the same group of people, I think, that may not like Deion Sanders. Because in the past, when he took the Jackson State job, mm-hmm. he talked about the individuals that helped to, to shape him as a football player and that he kind of leans into as far as his, his back, you know, as far as creating his philosophy as a football coach. And he said, you know, he talked about Dave Kappel, my peewee coach, who has passed away, and this was a couple of years ago, we took the Jackson State job, was old school. My high school coach, Ron Hoover, who died, was, was straight old school. Bobby Bowden, the late Bobby Bowden, at his alma mater, you know, the, the, the folksy Bobby Bowden, play, had a very direct impact on, on how how Deion Sanders plans on coaching. Right. Mickey Andrews, their longtime defensive coordinator, had that same kind of influence on him. And like with Bobby Bowden, were there issues there with players and things? Yeah, but but for the most part, with Bobby Bowden, that's a guy with that definitely had very much an old school mentality. He said he, he talked about his old school parents and how he tries to be an old school parent himself. He said, I'm, I'm not going to say it's the right way or the only way, but it's the way that I know. And, and so I, I think when you look at you know what, what his background is, that there's, there's a part of him, Coach Prime, works well in the stay of name, image, likeness, transfer portal, but there's also a part of him that does have a background that is in old school values and beliefs as a football coach, as a mentor. 
the challenge is now to number one get players to to come there. He's already this team is already like I said he has not coached a single second at the University of Colorado. It's already a roster that's going to be better because of his son Shadir mentioned Travis Hunter, top prospect in the country, mm-hmm. that flipped his commit from Florida State to, to Jackson State. He's already the third most successful coach at CU. Yeah. <laughs> Behind <laughs> McCartney and Neuheisel. And, and there's a great piece that's in The Athletic about Mike McCartney. That's Bill McCartney's son. Mm-hmm. That the Bill McCartney player agent for Veneer Sports. He was an NFL scout at one point, quarterback's coach, recruiting coordinator under his father. And he sees a lot of the the same things that made Bill McCartney successful at Colorado can make Deion Sanders successful there as well. That that Mike McCartney, even though he was not on the search committee or anything, he he knows people. Obviously, his dad's Bill McCartney. I mean, right? He's got Rick George's ear. He's got uh, you know Phil DeStefano. He's got people's ear, and he definitely lobbied for Deion Sanders. And that, that Mike McCartney kind of feels like what Dion's walking into now is similar to what his dad walked into. Colorado was an absolute dumpster fire when Bill McCartney got there from Michigan. Colorado, they've had right now one winning season in the last 17 years. That was under Mike McIntyre when they won the South. Not and, counting the COVID what was yeah, it? Like Six kind of the, the, two or four, four, and two. And four and two. And they were bowl, bowl eligible, but in a full season, mm-hmm. they've had one In a winning, real season, they've in had a one full winning season. season. They've had one winning season. McCartney took over the program in 83. They had won seven games, a total of seven in the previous three seasons. Also, and I forgot this about Bill McCartney, he didn't take over the program until June. They had already, mm-hmm. already gone through spring football. And Bill McCartney said it was the most out-of-shape football team he had ever seen in his career. They only won seven games in his first three years, but we know the story. By the end of the decade, co-national championship, and Colorado was sending lots and lots of guys to the National Football League, which they don't do anymore. Not really. There are a lot of practice squad guys that are CU guys. At one point, I was reading the articles on The Athletic, I think they were said at one point, like in the late nineties, early two thousands, they were they had sent like the third most players to the NFL mm-hmm. during that that stretch of time. There were busts all over the place in the league. Yeah. It was Chad Chad Brown yeah. and lot, lots of other guys, and they were successful. They were top tier. You know, there were they were Ted Johnson. Yeah, I mean Ohio State, Alabama is a different breed, but they're Alfred like, Williams, like Oklahoma, McGee. Texas, Georgia, Florida State. The U, you know, they were kind of in that ilk when it came to producing NFL players. And so one of the other things that, that's part of this with, with Deion Sanders coming to Colorado is, number one, they're paying him well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. They need to find the money first, yeah, according well, to Rich George. Well, but we don't have the <laughs> money, but we're going we're gonna to have it. And, and the staff, they're, they're giving him a lot of financial latitude on the staff that he's going to hire. And and so those are and something else that that's a, a big component to them having success moving forward, and that's the the eligibility limitations that have been there with the transfer portal, mm-hmm. because Colorado 
that's been something that was had frustrated some of the previous coaching staff is that they couldn't they couldn't get guys to come in that were eligible through the transfer portal. And so that created a lot of problems in, in regard to to getting guys through the transfer portal. That they would talk with a player, they they, they felt like they were going to be able to, to get him get him in through the transfer portal, and then there would be something that would come up from an academic standpoint that prevented him from that player from being able to transfer. And so they lost out on on a lot of players from that regard. And so the university has said, and they said this yesterday, that they they plan on making adjustments to some of their academic requirements when it comes to, to guys in the transfer portal. And so that's going to be a big part of this, is that that he's getting the money. He's going to get the money yeah. for a staff that's going to help change the culture. Because he doesn't change the culture by himself. It's changed by the people around him. He oversees it, but others have to be there to to impart that message day in and day out. Mm-hmm. And that there was one current assistant coach, now it's going to be former, that said and told the athletic it was frustrating to keep bringing prospects to compliance, but either many of their credits wouldn't transfer over, they simply wouldn't get admitted. And several of those players ended up going and playing against the buffs. And so that's a that's a big important change moving forward as far as being able to bring players in. Name image likeness is going to play a huge role in in what the buffs are doing in terms of recruiting. Let's see. Uh, from Jared, Travis Hunter to see you. It's already looking up. So I tell you, Travis Hunter is plans on entering the transfer portal. I mean, the only reason he was at Jackson State was because Deion Sanders. That's it. And so, what, you know, makes total sense. Why wouldn't he follow him you know, mm-hmm. to Colorado? And it's, it's a secondary last year. There was, I mean, all the players that ended up transferring out of that secondary. That's an area that, that had to get, you know, it has to be rebuilt if you're Colorado and you, you plan on being a contender moving forward. I, I just think there's, okay, well, so what are the negatives here? The positives are he brings new energy. He brings talent. He seems like the right fit in this, in this era of transfer portal, name, image, likeness. What are, what are the downsides to Deion Sanders? The fact that any freshman he recruit probably won't graduate under him. Possibly. In all likelihood. Yeah. Probably. Not will will or won't guaranteed, but in all likelihood that it just won't work. Or it'll work so well that he's gone. And that's right. not really a negative, but to have to do this in two, three more years is changing coaches is never fun because you never know exactly how it's going to be, right? Look at Nebraska. It's like, ah, you know what? Nine and four with a bull win is not good enough. How many times did they call Bo Pelini? Like, you wanna you wanna you wanna come back? Yeah. We miss you, yeah. Bo, sorry. You know. I just it just kills me. I get it. He could be a Bo Pelini was a jerk, but he was a jerk that won eight, nine games every year. Yeah. And then they kicked him to the curb and like where where Nebraska's like been. What they're doing then. dealing with now. You know? Yeah. And so those are the drawbacks and you know i just so 
some people just aren't going to love his personality, aren't going to love the way. You think he's a little too, to use a word that, air quote, he came up with. Mm-hmm. Braggadocious. He's a, he's a guy that really. He's brash. He, he, he loves him some Deion Sanders. There's mm-hmm. the coach prime. But in the end of the day, if you win, it's kind of like Russell Wilson with his Tommy Tryhard stuff, Hackett with his, you know, big, you know, big this positive is all the energy vibe. No, I'm talking about the oh, initial the reason problem. why okay, people gotcha. liked him. The big energy vibe, you know, mm-hmm. the big hey, you know, could relate to players and all that stuff. If you win, nobody cares. Right. People find it great, wonderful, fine. I don't have a problem with it. Might be mildly annoying. Mm-hmm. But long as you win, it doesn't matter. Same with Deion Sanders. Same with Deion Sanders. They win, it's not going to matter. Now, some of the college football purists aren't going to like it, but it's not a Deion thing. It's a current landscape versus the purist thing where every year you're going to need a program for guys because it might be a, you know a 50% different roster. They can turn around the program much quicker now with the transfer portal than they ever could have with – Oh, you got to sit out a year. You got to recruit, or you got to recruit and develop, and hopefully these guys turn out to be whatever. Right. Some of those college football purists just aren't going to like it because the buffs they cheered on last year to one and eleven. There's going to be a handful of those, maybe at best, still around for this this year. You know, and the way he goes about things. Some people, like when he was coming up, the brutal honesty was a thing that you know, was more in favor. This, there's the players now, parents, they're not really equipped for the, some of you guys are not going to be here next year. And that is going to be partly your decision and partly my decision. And make that decision hard for me. If you decide to stay, Mm -hmm. make it hard for me to keep you on the bench. I think that's what I'm trying to say. It's every school. There's the, yeah. there's entitlement everywhere, right? And there's some people that are just not going to like the fact that, well, his son is playing over my son. He's only playing because he's the head coach. Well, your son may have been the quarterback last year, and he led, he helped lead his team to one and eleven. His son was the quarterback, and they're twelve and zero. Well, it's and I, I've caught just a little bit of this with the. Oh, here we go. It's mm-hmm. just like it's 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 Dan Hawkins, Cody Hawkins. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. Stop that. Cody Watch Hawkins last weekend. Watch the celebration bowl and yeah. then come back and see me. Co- Cody Hawkins was it was a highly regarded prospect who I, I feel bad for him because he his career was not not as terrible as mm-hmm. a lot of people make it out to be, but it wasn't great. And in for senior day, his dad had to watch him from from the stands because Dan Hawkins got fired. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Go play in your murals, brother. Which was still a funny line. That's a great line. But I mean, Cody Hawkins was sixty three touchdowns, forty three interceptions. He had seventeen as a freshman, and then twenty six the last three years. Yeah. Well, it wasn't wasn't horrible. Wasn't seventy seven hundred yards. What well, wasn't? Yeah, wasn't terrible. Wasn't great. But he's no Jadir Sanders, right? Who has thrown for over three thousand yards, thirty six hundred and three yards, right? Three three thousand four hundred and three yards. He's got thirty plus touchdowns and six interceptions. 
36 and 6. 36 and 6. You know, so you got to uh, figure he's going to be at CU. He is a sophomore. Okay. He's going to be at CU for the rest of his time. Because if he's got three years left, right? Two right. or three years, you know, you figure Dion's going to be there at least two years. You would think <laughs> so. You would you would think that. Yeah. So that's not Cody Hawkins. That's a guy that even even though it's FCS, I get mm-hmm. it. It's not not the FBS level. He's already put up some pretty staggering numbers. And and was a what four or five star recruit, I believe, out of high school. His dad coached both him and his brother Shiloh in high school. And could have probably played a lot of different places. Could have probably played Division One. But he went to Jackson State with his dad. And now he's at Colorado. And for for Owen McCown, okay. I, I get it why he wants to, to transfer. Because he sees that, you know, that, he sees the writing on the wall. He's not going to be playing anytime soon. And, and my thought, Dylan McCown, is this: if you if you feel like that you you can compete and you can beat him out, then stay. Yeah, and you you're, you're a freshman. You're going to have time on your side, but obviously, he feels like I, I'm going to go play someplace else. I'm not going to get a chance here. Now we'll see what happens with JT Shroud, who I believe has one more year of eligibility left. Does he decide to stay? Does he decide to stay and be the, the, the backup to Shadir Sanders? Probably not. He'll probably transfer someplace else. And he probably should. He probably just should. Just to get a fresh start for everybody. So, according to John Bryce of Football Scoop, here here's some of the coaches that are coming with Deion Sanders. Uh, Dennis Thurman, Jackson State defensive coordinator. Gary Flea Harrell is the running backs coach. Brett Bartalone, who is the play caller, and Otis Ridley, who is the director of player personnel. And so those are some of the names that, you know, have already been on campus at, at Boulder, have looked at the facilities, and look, you know, very, very, you know, it's very likely that they're going to be part of Deion Sanders' coaching staff. You don't go all the way out to Boulder to not be part of the staff. Also some players that maybe Deion Sanders will target in the transfer portal. Guys like Cincinnati quarterback J.Q. Hardaway, Theo Weiss, wide receiver from Oklahoma, also wide receiver Sean Holden from Alabama, that these are players. Sean Taylor's a running back of Western Michigan that has announced... He's going to the transfer portal. UTEP offensive lineman Jeremiah Byers, who has two years of eligibility left. And it's hard to just be like, yeah, they need that guy or that guy. They they need a little bit of everything. Right. Actually, they need a lot of everything. This guy's got to come to Boulder. Even though it's, his name's not Boulder Harris, it's Denver Harris. Yeah. Cornerback from Texas A&M. They're, they're going to lose some guys. Jimbo Fisher's going to lose some dudes. And he's got three years of eligibility left. Yeah. For Jimbo, they're going to bring in just as many talented dudes as they lose because right. it's Texas, it's Texas A&M, and the money flows like water down there. But they're going to lose some guys, and some of those guys could yeah. end up coming to Colorado. All right, so some thoughts about Deion Sanders taking over 
as the the head coach of the Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, Tom, this morning. Good morning, Tom. There's no downside to Coach Prime coming. He'll bring in talent on his name alone. If he leaves in a couple of years, he'll have been there long enough and long enough for players on the roster to bring in a new name. And it, you're right, it could get them back to being a respectable Division mm-hmm. One program. And I won't say there's no downside. There's always a downside, right? Right. It's just this one is minimal because the negatives are small. You know, really on field, there's not much worse it can get. No, they won one game this year. They won one game. They were one of the nation's worst offenses. They got blown out in almost every single game they lost. And so there's definitely not a lot of – there's a little downside. I mean – from one and eleven, there's always farther down to go. Trust me, as That's... a one and fifteen Browns fan, there's always a little bit farther to slide. I just don't expect that. But why not go big here? And a name that's going to bring attention to the program. Mm-hmm. Guys are going to want to play for him. He's a guy that is Deion Sanders is perfect in this era of, of name, image, likeness. Oh yeah, that, that it's a perfect it's a perfect marriage when it comes to a program that one. A Power 5 program, be it maybe one of mm-hmm. the the worst power, probably the worst Power 5 program. Power 4.5-ish. Yeah. Power 6.5-ish. But they're giving him an opportunity which others were reluctant to do. Right. And I think at some level for a while, Deion Sanders will respect that and appreciates that. They're giving me a chance to do this. Mm-hmm. Now, how long will that respect and appreciation last? It may only last a couple of years. But he's going to leave it like he did Jackson State, which not had a winning season in six years. He's going to leave it better than right. when he got there. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, the Buffs' last bowl win came in 2004. They've had two winning seasons in 17 years, though yeah. one's only a, yeah. a full season. But they've had technically two winning seasons. And, you know, with the nickname Prime, like you mentioned, the NIL and the swagger, and and the whole thing, like the dude was named Primetime, and he was in MC Hammer videos, and he was taking helicopters from football to baseball games, and the whole thing. And he's the guy that you call me Coach, my nickname, not Coach Sanders or Dion or any of that. And he's one of maybe five guys that can get away with that. And and I think it's stupid when he loses his mind about yeah. Come on. But Your name is Dion. Okay, it's that's, ridiculous, but he can get away with it because yeah. he's Dion Sanders. That's the that's the game we have to play here. Okay, I'll play along with right. you. It's a it's a small thing. Most coaches just soon you call them right by their first name because like we've had this discussion before about not calling coaches by coach. No, it's. Most of them don't view themselves. They're not, they're not a doctor. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're a coach. If you if I'm interviewing somebody, I don't play for that person. Now, if that's my coach, if I played right. for that guy, and even if it's a former coach that I played for, if, and some of them, when I've interviewed them, like Denny Squibb, mm-hmm. we're to the point now. It's it it was, it was Denny or right. it was whoever I I talked to that I maybe had played for. I didn't. They didn't expect me to call them coach. I mean. I'm in my fifties now. It's it's a little you know, it's not Yeah, it's I'm been not I'm not seventeen years. Yeah, I'm not seventeen anymore. Mm-hmm. And and so I think that's but if he wants to be Coach Prime, okay, he's Coach Prime. 
that's what he wants, yeah. fine. It's a small little quirk, little you know, eccentricity to right. to to allow him to have. But there's nothing more insufferable than people who don't tell you they're whatever, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, Mister Sanders, it's Doctor Sanders." Like, well, you didn't. How, how I don't you, know that. How about you? Let me know that you're not wearing your MD around your neck on a necklace, there, pal. But there's nobody more yeah. insufferable than that. Yeah, I ran into that a couple of times mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, yeah, whatever. Oh, hey, Tom. Oh, Doctor. Williams or whatever, Doctor Osborne. Yeah, Doctor Oz. Okay, whatever, Tom. Okay, t- okay, Tom. Yeah, I, I don't want to get into the whole doc yeah. doctor thing, and because there are people that have doctorates that feel like they should be called doctor, and that's yeah, that's fine. And oh, I your honorary doctorate for whatever you did. Okay, Doc. Yeah. So, but in case of him, okay, that that's what makes him happy if that's the thing that's right. part of his branding it is okay. insufferable it's, but it's insufferable and stupid but it's a it's a it's simple like, all right it's a small stupid thing to go okay it doesn't hurt anybody yeah it's like it's not killing me if we can well we'll take it we're gonna make an effort to try to get him on the show if we get him on the show he's coach prime I'll, coach prime I'll call him coach prime if that's if we talked with mark johnson about that you know yeah. he likes to go by coach prime and Mark's like, okay, well, that's that's what he goes Call by. Call him whatever he wants. Because Mark's going to have to talk to him a lot. If he wants to be Neon Dion for the next three years, I'm all about it. Whatever. As long as, they, long as they're competitive, yeah. as long as they win, I don't care. I don't care what we I don't even need to, to win him. right now. Just be competitive. Just be competitive. Just maybe win four or five games and not get blown out Just every week. Keep the brown paper bags off people's heads. Exactly. It's a, a low bar Particularly right the brown bag off of Ralphie's head. She does yeah. not like that. All right. Uh, 9.30. We will take a break. We'll come back. And uh, on the other side, we'll, we'll talk about the college football playoffs. They uh, set the final four yesterday. Your Buckeyes are in. Should they be in? We'll uh, we'll discuss that coming up in just a moment. Text or call the show today. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340. Craptastic. Not just crap. The team presents the Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. All right, so yesterday they announced the the college football playoff Final Four. Georgia, Michigan, TCU, Ohio State. With, uh, of course, USC's loss to Utah. That uh, that kept them from, from being in. There was some debate about whether or not TCU would get in after the loss to Kansas State in overtime, the Big 12 title game. Yeah, there's some r- very real debate. There wasn't debate on my part. I no, think on no. your part, but there were others debating that. How to me? How SEC okay. fans with the well, Alabama deserves to be in. And a lot more close losses. And Alabama, that look, I I I get what Saban's trying to say. That their two losses are are, are were, were close losses, and those are losses that you know, were nationally ranked teams, and that 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 should factor in in his opinion. 
but it but still you have to look at what what the reality is. They they were a two loss football team, and they're going to get Kansas State by the way. Mm-hmm. And I forget which bowl they're going to be in, but they're they're going to get they're going to get Kansas State, which thrilled for our buddy Wyatt Thompson. He'll be on with us tomorrow. It's a great football game, Sugar Bowl. The Sugar Bowl, thank you. But they have the, the loss to Tennessee when they were number six, mm-hmm. lost fifty two forty nine, and the loss to LSU in overtime thirty two thirty one. Okay, I, I I get what he's trying to say, but they still have two losses. And if now you have to go to okay. We have to go to teams that didn't play in conference championship games mm-hmm. as regard to who's going to be in. Then Ohio State fits that. They, they are the next one up. They have one loss. Yeah, it was not a pretty loss to Michigan. Sorry, Buckeye. But it's no, true, you're but, fine. But, but facts are facts. I don't know how you can sit there and say, and, I, like, and it's his job to try to get his team in. And I, I'm not going to rip Nick Saban for, for trying to get his team in. He does have a slight, a little bit of a point. But it gets down to this. How many losses did you have? You had two. How many losses did Ohio State have? They have one. Did you play in a conference championship game? No. Nor did Ohio State. But to me, then, then your tiebreaker becomes, isn't it first and foremost, how many losses do you have? Yes. doesn't matter how, how they came about. Absolutely. Who they came against, whatever. You have two, they have one. And they should be in. And they are in. And I I still, and I say this, as an Ohio State fan who will cheer them on in the playoffs and hope they win a national championship, they don't deserve to be in it if they didn't make their conference championship game. And I have said that, and I am consistent in that. And Alabama shouldn't then either, really. Because they didn't make their conference championship game. They didn't they don't even have the boost of losing to their conference champion. They lost to a team that got blown out in the conference championship game. And another team that uh, is that is on the downswing since they lost Hendon Hooker, but they had Hendon Hooker. You know, and if you're going to tout a loss, like, man, look how close this loss was, you probably shouldn't give up 52 points in that game. Exactly. You know? And LSU, they're ranked 16th. You know, nobody's really giving any credit to Ohio State for the Notre Dame win because, well, they're 19th. They're 8-4. and four. Well, LSU's 9-4. and four. So you get credit for that loss, but Ohio State can't take credit for the Notre Dame win. You know? So, so my thought is, that's okay, we look down the list here. It's Alabama, Tennessee, Clemson, Utah, Kansas State, USC. Who should be in there over Ohio State? I no one. No one. The way that they've lined it up, no one. Like Alabama can't jump Ohio State when neither team played. That's just that would be too blatant even for the college football playoff committee. To wedge two SEC teams in there. Even though I was texting with a friend on Saturday night. Well, what do you think happens? I'm like, I honestly would not be shocked. If somehow the college football playoff committee figures out a way to have Georgia, Alabama as one semifinal and Ohio State, Michigan as the other, ratings would be nuts. Yeah. It would be bonkers. 
it would be a great game. But neither of those second two teams, Alabama and Ohio State, deserve to be in there. But when the committee drops Ohio State to fourth, anybody ahead of them losing, they're going to get that spot, especially if it's USC, who already had a loss. And and just look, in, in the TCU thing, they're like, well, if they would have got blown out. Well, they, they didn't. They lost in overtime. Uh, they and, had a couple chances inside the one, though. Yeah. Well, the, the one, Ooh. boy, it should look like it was a touchdown. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. did. <laughs> like, like he reached the ball over. And, and... But my, my thought is this, though, that regardless of what would happen in that game, mm-hmm. overtime loss, the way it played out, they got blown out, whatever. They still would have had one loss. Yeah. Should that take them out? Maybe it drops them to fourth, maybe. If it's a worse loss than Ohio State had to Michigan, you could go, okay, well, maybe Ohio State, they both have one loss, but then you also have to factor Mm -hmm. in, well, they played the Big 12 title game. They got got farther than what Ohio State did in their conference. I thought TCU, Michigan, Georgia had golden tickets. There was really only one spot up for grabs for me. If this was my playoff system, it would be one spot up for grabs between all the other teams because you're right. TCU, they lose by 25 points to Kansas State. That loss is still better than Ohio State's loss. Right. Because it's in the conference championship game. And you lost, like Ohio State did, to the conference champion. And if Ohio State's going to get credit for that, you should get credit for that too. And stay above them. And they did, and I'm glad they did. Because I think TCU, whether they win or lose, coming up New Year's Eve against Michigan, which I hope they win. Please win. And it doesn't they, they matter. They deserve to be they there. They deserve to be in there. Because they won their way in. They, you did, they did all but one thing you asked of them. Go undefeated, win your conference. They just didn't win the conference. They lost in overtime. Even though... They were as close as you're going to get to winning a game without actually winning it with that overtime play, right? I don't know what else you want them to do. Top to bottom, the Big 12 wasn't terrible this year. Right. There's no gimmies, and they won every week in many different ways. And looking for USC, it looked so good, right, for a while. I mean, Caleb Williams had the hamstring injury. He played on one leg. Mm-hmm. They, they, Utah's good. And, but and, and no they, one gave them a shot at all. No, everybody's like, "Oh, USC's going to trounce them well, in like the playoffs." We all, we, Here we go. We all we all picked. I picked USC. USC. Yeah, we all picked USC. But man, alive to win how they won, and that that's why Ooh. the expanded playoffs, I, I think, are going to be great mm-hmm. because then Utah's in there, USC is in there. Neither one of those teams have to miss out on that. Didn't Ryan w- uh not Ryan Whittington. Uh, Kyle Whittingham. Kyle Whittingham, yeah. Uh didn't he give a you're welcome Ryan Day in the post game? <laughs> I think <laughs> Friday night. I think I think so, yeah. I think he did. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. But I mean if okay, okay if you look at the, the, the top 12 teams in the final poll. Mm-hmm. Pac-12 would have to be really happy. They'd have three teams in. Yeah. Washington, USC, Utah. I think because the highest-ranked group of five winner is in, right? Right. So I think Tulane would maybe bounce that's, Washington. That's true. They would be. That's right, because Tulane, would, they'd go with the mm-hmm. highest they would be in. My apologies. I forget the No, the no, you're fine. I was just I yeah, was like, I th- Yeah. But they could also make a case for bouncing Penn State. Or Possibly. 
you know, probably not Kansas. But they'd State have the Kansas. potential of maybe having three teams in. They'd right, borderline about, three. Absolutely. Thank you for for bringing up Tulane though, because that that well, would be part of the Oregon State's fourteen, Oregon's fifteen. You got almost half of your conference in the top fifteen. If you're the Pac-12, yeah, I mean you're you're going to at least have two. You know, you're going to have two teams in. Absolutely, and a good chance of at least one of them making the final four. But, Anybody but, want to play Utah right now? No, I wouldn't. Not me. Not Cam Rise. I wouldn't take on Cam Rising in Utah right now. No, thank you. Maybe Georgia and Michigan would be like, yeah, all right, let's do it. But everybody else would be like, uh, uh, can we get too late, please? I, I just think that when you look at what we have right now, which is still mm-hmm. a 14 playoff. Yeah. Sell me on anybody but Ohio State that should be in. I, 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 can't, I can't buy it. I can't buy anybody. Can't buy Clemson. Mm-hmm. Probably made a quarterback switch too late. Dabo Sweeney in the season. The Clemson's got they've got eleven wins, but they got two losses. Ohio State's and I, I get they got to their conference championship game, but they've got two losses. Mm-hmm. Are we now going to say okay when it comes to a tiebreaker? Well, they got to a conference championship game. Ohio State didn't. Yeah, they've got one more loss, but they got that, and that means more in terms of our our evaluation, our criteria that they should be in. Yeah, I just. But that's not that's not the decision right. they made. And I, to me, it's it's still about how many games did you lose? Ohio State lost one fewer game than Clemson, mm-hmm. than Alabama, than Tennessee, than than every USC, right? Than anybody else that you're in that that two loss territory. And I'm with you. Like I don't have a case for anybody else over Ohio State. I just that's the way I've always approached the. If you don't make your conference championship game, unless you are like an eight and four team in the con- as the conference champion, you know, like you have, Purdue somehow right. managed to win. No, they should not. It you should have, still be Michigan. And you have a power five, but only four slots. So somebody's going to get left out as it is. And now two conferences are left out, as it usually happens. It feels I don't, you know, I don't think they've had four conference champions in the Final Four, maybe once or twice, because Ohio State's been an at-large, if you will, a couple of times. I think this is the fourth time they've been an at-large. I just, I don't, I can't make a case for anybody else. I just feel weird with Ohio State in there because they didn't even make their conference championship game, and you know, you punish USC for making it and losing. Yes, they have twice as many losses, but they went farther in their conference than Ohio State did in theirs. Same with, you know, winners, Clemson, Utah, Ryan. Kansas State. You know, TCU didn't really get punished for losing theirs because they were undefeated to begin with. You know, I just, it's kind of a weird spot to be in a little bit. Right. Like, it, I don't think Ohio State should be in there, but I can't make a case for anybody else to be ahead of them But right it still now. gets back to the... How much they value conference championship appearances? Very little. Not in this case, because certainly you you would have probably looked at okay, let's maybe maybe USC mm-hmm. stays there because they got even though they lost, they they got their conference championship game. Who gets more Clemson, eyeballs? A conference yeah. champion, Utah or Ohio State? That's yeah. really what this is. It's a TV no, show. No, no offense to Ohio, you know, to Utah, but it's going to be Ohio State. At least get these two. Utah's becoming more of a national brand. Mm-hmm. They're not Ohio State, though. 
and won't be Ohio State anytime soon. Oh, man, now, if they can beat Georgia and then beat Michigan in the national championship game on my 40th birthday, you'll be a happy I may happy not guy. make my honeymoon, actually. <laughs> you know what? I may just, it may be Seacrest out that night. Who knows? I think Karen's going to say, uh, no, 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 no. She won't <laughs> be able to stop the exhilaration. Go to my friend's house, drag her couch into the street, set it on fire. It'll be great. Let's, let's, let's not do that. Let's not do that. So quickly, bowl games. So the, the bowl games are out. The Rose will be Utah, Penn State. Cotton will be USC, Tulane. You know, chance for Tulane to show that you know the, the group of five continues to have like with Cincinnati. You know, strong you know strong mm-hmm. you know teams that can compete for a playoff spot. I think USC That's will be locked. In, that game's I think go. USC will be locked and loaded and ready to go out and knock the snot out of them. That game may as not they, play like, out. Is, is Lincoln Riley's consolation prize? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think Tulane hangs with them. Uh, the Sugar's going to be Alabama-Kansas State. That could be fun. That'd be interesting for sure. It could be a lot of points scored. Uh, let's see. The Orange is going to be Tennessee and Clemson. Speaking of Orange, woof. I, I'm, I'm a fan of the Browns. That's a lot of Orange. That's a lot of Orange. Yikes. And then just a couple of years. Your, your Citrus has LSU-Purdue. The um, eh. Riella Quest in Tampa, Mississippi State, Illinois. Uh, my Hawkeyes get Kentucky, Music City Bowl. Cade McNamara going to Iowa. There you go. Man, they, they need a quarterback in the worst possible they way. Couldn't play offense at Michigan. Won't be able to play offense at Iowa. <laughs> Train just keeps on rolling. McNamara will make them better. Shut up. I don't, I don't need it's your... It's like CU. <laughs> it's not much worse they can get. <laughs> Still bowl eligible team though because their defense That's and their running game. That that part Some is true. Smarty pants. Seven oh, so, and five. Sorry, they're not. O- sorry, they're not Ohio State. Sorry, we have to take Michigan's leftovers and be happy about that. Okay. Yes. Nine forty nine. It's. Uh, I'm I'm a little perturbed with you right now. I don't I know why. Why can't you be happy for me? They get a quarterback that can actually make a pass or two. I can't imagine why people don't like me. An offense, a quarterback that actually take their offense in the latter half of the 20th century. Yeah. Well, with Brian Ferentz, there, at least probably, inside the 20th. With Brian Ferentz, the OC, probably not. It's no, probably not. No. All right, it's time for this day in sports history. That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. I just can't understand why people don't like me. I can. Totally get it. Totally understand why. All right. <laughs> it's stay of the NFL. 1982, Cowboys head coach Tom Landry won his 200th regular season game when they beat the artist formerly known as the Redskins 24-10. to Also on this day, 95, Miami Dolphins quarterback Dan Marino sets an NFL record when he threw for 300 yards in a game for the 52nd time in his career. NBA on this day in 2000, Carl Malone moved into second place in the all-time scoring list past, do you know who? Second all-time. Uh, Jordan? Will Chamberlain. Yeah, close enough. Close enough. <laughs> sure. Uh, MLB on this day, 2002. Oh, you said scoring list, not yeah. points list. My bad. On this day in 2002, the Mets signed Tom Glavin to a three-year deal worth $35 million. What about DeGrom going to the Rangers? That was that was a, interesting. Very much a huh? That was a what? Okay. 
All right, we will take a break. We'll come back and wrap it up with some garbage time. That's on the way next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. We're going to be here a while. Would you like to talk? Talk to me! The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. All right, welcome back. Jim and the Buckeye Boy. Tomorrow, your chance to win with Triple Play Record Stadium Cinema. Wyatt Thompson will join us tomorrow as well. And we'll have Mav Day. And uh, also Mike Rice from the uh, Broncos Radio Network. We just got to stop talking about the Broncos today because what are we supposed to say about them? What are we supposed to say? All right, let's uh, let's quickly wrap it up with some garbage time. We're taking out the trash. It's garbage time on the Jim Davis Show on the team. Oh, I love trash. All right, not this is trash, but just kind of odds and ends today. Yeah. Uh, of course, we had the, the state football championships, 5A, 4A, and 3A this past weekend. Dave Logan, unfortunately for Dave, he had to get on the plane and call the Broncos game in Baltimore. After it's like his, a red eye, poor after, guy. Yeah, after his Cherry Creek Bruins become the first 5A football team in state history to win four consecutive state championships. Uh, they pick up the win against Fowler Christian, 24-17. to They trailed 7-3 to at halftime. They missed a field goal and had two picks in the first half. But they go out and uh, roll up 409 yards of total offense to win the 5A title. So uh, Dave Logan, voice of the mm-hmm. Broncos, getting it done uh, with the Cherry Creek Bruins in 4A. Broomfield, they were victorious. They beat Loveland for Broomfield's first title since 1984. 24-14 to win in that one. The 3A title ends up going... Two and where did it go? I had my three A state champion, and I lost it. Uh, Roosevelt, there we go. Beats Lutheran to capture the three mm-hmm. A state championship. Lutheran uh, at uh, CSU Pueblo at the Thunder Bowl with a thirty four twenty four win over Lutheran. And that's our show yep. for today. Back with you tomorrow morning at seven. Jim Rome's up next. Don't forget tonight, New Orleans and Tampa Bay at five thirty.